0: Well, hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. This is the final installment of this week's Noah's Window where we've been sharing uh, five one-sentence prayers and just talking about each one and we've done a little countdown. So uh, Mark left me to to do number one, which is exciting. So the number one prayer on our five favorite list is from uh, Revelation, the book of the Revelation, chapter 22 and verse 20, well, 21, 22 and 21 so um the the verse is a really short one and let's talk about who's praying because this is john the apostle we talked a little bit yesterday about peter and he was one of the three in the inner circle. But John was also one in the inner circle. We had Peter, James, and John. So many times Jesus would call the three of them aside and do different things with them. They were the ones that went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. They were the three that he took into the garden when he was praying and uh, took them aside many times. So they were they were the three that were closest to him. And in fact, John, the apostle that, that is the one who penned the book we're about to read from, uh, was the one who stood at the cross and, and Jesus pointed to him and asked him to take care of his mother Mary. So John's a very special Apostle. Um, The book of the Revelation uh, was written when John is an old man which he's one of the few disciples that made it to old age Um, and he's on he's been banished to the Isle of Patmos and and you know one of the wonderful things about the day and age we can live in as you can Google anything you can Google the Isle of Patmos take a look at that it's a big rock pile really but there's a modern city there now um, when I Google it it said places to go and eat and play in Patmos it's near Greece I think it might actually be technically part of Greece but uh, in, the t- in the day when John was there that's where they would banish criminals and political prisoners and they would send them out there and they had guards to keep them there and a lot of them would die from disease or starvation or exposure because it it was a, a not a not a happy place to be not a they didn't give them good accommodations it was a big rock so uh, that's where John was Um, we believe from other historical accounts that the Christians at Ephesus managed to get food to John while he was there but he had the most marvelous experience while he was there in that this is the place he was when uh, he received the revelation and recorded that for us and so um, Boy, a lot happens in the book of the Revelation. A lot of people are a little afraid to read it. Um, it's the only book I know of that actually has a promised blessing just for reading it. So it it, um, it would be a challenge to read, but it would be good to have uh, some uh, help probably when you're reading it. it is, there. There's a lot of the Bible that people want to attribute to being symbolic that isn't symbolic, but there is a lot of symbolism in the book of the Revelation. There's some things that are quite clear, but a lot of things are... Um, you would probably want some assistance so now uh, the other really cool thing about what we're going to talk about today is um, the happy ending in the sense that our happy beginning depending on how you look at it but I don't know how many times I, I don't know why I do this but when I pick up a book whatever the book or magazine even a cookbook I don't know it's an illness I must have but I tend to go to the back first I don't know why I kind of want to see how things end up but um, the back of the book is going to tell you who wins uh, and, and other things, and it's true of the Bible, because at the end, we have, um, we have a very exciting ending to look at. So we're going we're gonna to read this uh, one-sentence prayer in the chapter 22, but I want us to back up a little bit. So I want to challenge you to do this. As intimidating as the book of the Revelation might be, grab your Bible, flip all the way back to the back, and pick up the book of the Revelation, jump in in chapter 19, <laughs> read the end of the book. It's exciting. And there's a lot there um, that I think you'll enjoy reading. Um, for instance, in, um, uh, the, in the particular uh, arrangement of the Bible I'm looking at, which is a really pretty one, has pictures and stuff, but it's the NLT. But the uh, heading on the top of chapter 19 says, Songs of Victory in Heaven. That doesn't sound scary, does it? So I'm telling you jump in in chapter 19 there's still some things going on but it's a it's a great place to jump in and if you were to just jump in say at verse 5 in chapter 19 it says and from the throne came a voice that said praise our God all his servants all who fear him from the least to the greatest now if you're watching Noah's window and if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior you can count yourself among this crowd okay because you're his servant he is our God you fear him in the reverential sense. Um, and it says from the least to the greatest, so that would be all of us, right? From the least to the greatest. So it goes on to say, then I heard what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd, or the roar of mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. And for those of you who prefer quiet music when in worship, this one would give you a challenge because We're talking about something so loud, it sounds like the roar of the ocean. If you've been to the ocean, you know what it's talking about. It's loud. You can't really have a conversation when you have that ocean roaring at you or the crash of loud thunder. Here in Kansas, we know what it sounds like when you have really loud thunder. So that's the volume involved when we have this next section because these are voices. And the voices are saying, praise the Lord for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She's been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. So this is a very big celebration, a great occasion, and there's a roar of voices praising God and talking about announcing uh, God the Almighty reigns, And the time has come. I love that phrase, the time has come. That's not the prayer we're getting to, but we're leading up to it, okay? As you go further down in that chapter, the next little section is about the rider on the white horse. So in verse 11, it says, then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. And we would remember that back from John 1. Remember John the Apostle, same man who wrote this book, penned this book, also penned the uh, Gospel of John, and that's what he talks about in John 1. Mark was preaching about that not too long ago. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. By the way, we're part of that army. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. Now, he's striking down the nations. These are the nations that have come against him, okay? <clears throat> Not just willy-nilly, we're going to strike down the nations. They've all gathered together to fight him. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. So there's no mistake about it. The rider on the white horse is Jesus himself. And we're coming with them now. I'm going to skip over a little more because I just want—I'm want to, to—I'm hoping I can pique your uh, interest to go and read for yourself. When you get to chapter 20, that talking is talking about the thousand-year reign and then at the end of the thousand years Satan is released for a time and uh, after that then we have the final judgment which is known as the Great White Throne Judgment and again it's all explained there in chapter 20 and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's great to have a commentary if you, if you want one but really if you're reading through this I think you'll be able to follow it on your on your own. So then we get to an even more exciting part because when you get to chapter 21 we have the New Jerusalem. Now at this point in time There's a brand new everything. So in fact, chapter 21 starts off with, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. So think of it this way. At this point, the whole earth is renovated and made new. But, you know, when I was a kid and we talked about heaven, I always thought of it as floating around somewhere. But we're going to live on a new earth. Just let that sink in for a minute. We're not going to be floating on a cloud somewhere. We're going to be living here. But it's going to all be made new and like God intended at the beginning. So that's exciting to me. Okay, so it goes on and describes a lot of that. So I challenge you, go read chapter 21. Um It's got a lot of exciting things in it. Then we get to chapter 22. Let's jump in here for just a little bit. We're almost to our verse, to our one sentence prayer. In chapter 22, it starts out by saying, Then the angel showed me, now me here is John, okay. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the land. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. Apparently, we're still going to have 12 months. Remember, God is the one that set up our our systems and the the moon and the sun and all of that. So even even when um, we're in that final state, we're going to have 12 months, and there's going to be this tree that has 12 different kinds of fruit. The leaves of this tree were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. That refers back to Genesis 3. If you're not familiar, go back and read about that curse. So There's no more curse. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the lamb will be there and his servants will worship him and they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, hallelujah, no night there, no need for lambs or sun for the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon so although it's just a little crack for us to look into the future isn't it exciting to know what's coming and it's all good it's all good now getting to the prayer i I stopped a little short there's still more to read in that chapter but when you get to the end and he's kind of tying it all up and he's he's um bringing the book to an end he kind of has some special things to say about this book so i'm going to challenge you to go read that and then we're going to jump back into verse 20 he who is who he who is the faithful witness to all these things says yes i'm coming soon amen come lord jesus there's our one sentence prayer come lord jesus um, I, i've seen different translations uh, even so lord come quickly Someone, uh, I think probably from Noah's window audience, sent me a very sweet gift. It's the uh, Louise New Testament. It's an interlinear, I believe is what it's called. But it's similar to the amplified and then it gives more understanding to the original Greek and and original language. Um, But I love when I was flipping through here to get to that prayer that John prayed at the end of the book of the Revelation. He said, um, he who testifies these things says, surely I'm coming soon, amen, which means so let it be. And then here's the one-sentence prayer, Becoming, Lord Jesus. I love that. Becoming. We're ready. Becoming. Mark and I were uh, watching some really special messages on prayer from a a man of God, a great man of God, who's with the Lord now. But he was talking about how even major events that we read about in the Bible uh, could be a response to our prayers. He believes they are a response to our prayers. I I know that... um, Nothing's going to thwart God's ultimate plan. He's coming when he's coming. But um, uh, our dear brother says, we need to be praying this because we want him to come. He's going to come, but maybe he'll come sooner if we pray. When I was young, you know, when I first heard about the Lord coming back, I was a teenager. I'd never been taught that when I was growing up. So that was a new concept for me. But when I was first learning of that, I was young and just on the threshold of my life. I, I wasn't anxious for him to come. That sounded like a a big ending and I was just beginning and I I realized that I'm in a different stage of life I've got to live a lot of life I've got to do all the things that I dreamed of doing Um, finishing school getting married having a family getting to serve God in a wonderful place and getting to meet so many people and and enjoy learning and growing with them and and sharing God's work and just watching God getting to sit and watch God do amazing things I realize I've got to experience so much so it's a different perspective than when I was a child but I would say this if I could take what I have seen what I've had a glimpse of in the scripture about the future if I could go back to my if I could go back and talk to my 14 year old self I think I could convince my 14 year old self don't hold on to this life because what's coming is so much better you're not gonna lose anything when that time comes and the lord takes us home and he has such a marvelous marvelous world a marvelous life Um, there's so much waiting for us and so we can join the apostle john in praying be coming lord be coming lord jesus we're ready we're anxious i can't wait for him to be on the throne and reigning no more elections no more fighting no more factions no more Of any of those things, because when he's reigning, it's all going to be set straight and it's going to be a wonderful world to live in when he's on the throne. So I hope that will encourage your heart today. We all need, um, you know, two things that I remind myself of all the time. One is, yes, I'm looking forward to the future. I'm thankful for the past. I'm thankful for the future. And I want to be thankful in today. Every morning when I wake up, I always try to remember to tell the Lord, thank you for another day to live and serve you. It's a great privilege. So, wow, when you get old emotions just hit you from behind you. Don't expect them. What a privilege it is. What a privilege it is to talk to you guys. And thank you for those of you who continue to watch. I get so many sweet notes. Mark and I read those together, and your encouragement means the world. Um, if sitting down here and just talking to you a little bit every day is a blessing to you, we want to keep it going. We want to um, be a blessing any way we can. So thank you for listening and watching, and we hope that uh, as we think about these one-sentence prayers that they will encourage your heart and encourage you to pray. You don't have to. Prayers don't need to be fancy. It's just your heart speaking out to the Lord. It can be short to the point. God's okay with that, so I hope that encourages your heart. So having said that, let's have a word of prayer together this morning. Oh, Father, it is such a privilege to get to share your word. And thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for creating this beautiful world right now. We're seeing such an explosion of beauty that you've made all around us. And we're reminded every year as we see the, the darkness and deadness of winter spring back to life. We're so thankful for what you've given us to enjoy in this world. But we look so much forward to what the future holds. Thank you for giving us a future to look forward to. Thank you for uh, the glimpses that you give us in the scripture. And we do pray, Father, that you will come soon. We are looking forward to that time when you come and set things straight and you sit on the throne and we get to be here with you and to continue to live and serve you. And for each and every person who's watching, each and every family that's represented, I just pray a special blessing on them today. I pray that you would... Guide them as they grab their Bible and open up the Book of the Revelation and read about the future. I pray that you'd give them understanding, give them that excitement as they see uh, the the picture that you unfold for us there in the Scripture and how exciting that is. I pray that whatever um, different families might be going through, Lord, we've we've just seen so many prayer requests even this week of of um, difficulties and challenges, health challenges, financial challenges, relationship challenges, Father. It's, it's overwhelming, except we can bring them to you, and we know you're not overwhelmed. We know that you have answers. We know that you've promised us wisdom and guidance and healing. You've promised all, all these things to us, Father, and we're just going to um, ask you even now in great faith and confidence that you would reach down and intervene in each and every situation, that we would be content with your answer, that we would be able to trust you, Uh, Lord, you've you've commanded us to bring all our needs to you, but then to trust you with the when and the how. And we uh, are counting on you and your great mercy and your great love to answer according to your will. And most of all, I pray that you'd wrap your arms of love around each and every one, that you would draw them close to you, help them to feel your presence. Father, in our flesh and blood, we need to feel you. We just need to know that you're there and be reminded of your touch. And Father, we just look forward to the weekend ahead. I pray that you would bless everything that's going on all across the country, all across the world for your glory and honor. Those that will be hearing the gospel for the first time, may you help their hearts to be open. May many trust you as their personal Savior. And we thank you for all that you're doing. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you're going to have a wonderful day today. And we'll look forward to seeing you again here on Noah's Window on Monday. God bless (laughs)